Hey guys, brand new BirdCast, and I got two interviews on here. I'm going to start off real quick with an interview I just did over the phone with my buddy Sean Evans. Sean Evans is the host of Hot Ones on the First We Feast channel on YouTube for Complex Magazine. Uh, I've done that show. It is where you eat 10 progressively hotter wings. He's got fantastic guests. I'll run through a list of the guests real quick, but uh, it looks like that show has been stolen uh, from apparently a show in Australia has taken it and used it as a segment in their show, which I feel is plagiarism, and it got me really upset last night. And I got too drunk to do this intro, or or I would have posted this last night, but it looks like it's, I don't know. I did an interview with Sean, and I thought I'd share it with you. Uh, If you haven't seen Hot Ones, I would say go in and watch it real quick. It is fucking awesome. I've been a fan of the show since day one. I was lucky enough to do the show. It's one of my favorite things I've ever done on the internet, ever. And his guest list is like... It's right up my alley. It's Riff Raff, Jeff Ross, DJ Khalid, the RZA, Eric Andre, Joe Budden. Eddie Wong is a great one. And so as you eat the wings, you kind of melt down and you kind of, it's like truth serum. You really see a side of these people that you'd never get to see. I absolutely love it. David Cross is a fucking gangster. He murdered him. Gronk, he's got Gronk on there. It's hip hop stars, it's comics. It's athletes, and it's fucking amazing, and Sean is one of the best interviewers. But regardless, I wanted to share with you real quick my interview with Sean regarding the thievery of his show Hot Ones by Fox Sports Australia's The Burning Questions. Holy shit, man. What happened? Uh, well, you know, like, people tweet me or, like, get at me all the time about stuff. Like, did you see this? Did you see that? You know what I mean? And you never really take it too seriously because, like, you know, it's the internet. People eat hot food. You know what I mean? Not everything is a ripoff. You yeah. know, like, it's not like I, like, investigate everything all the time. But uh, this, like, rugby, like, the other rugby show or whatever kept, like, coming up on Twitter. People kept, like, being, like, whatever. And then it got to a point where, like, people were tweeting at me, like, your show's a ripoff of the other rugby show. And I was like, what? And then I was like, all right, I got to look into this. And then I'm watching it, and I just see this, like, meathead dude basically doing a B version of me, even the intro. And the thing about hot ones is intro is it's the worst thing about the show. My intro totally sucks. And this guy even was trying to steal that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then it was, it was great because I could tell that he was trying to like do the hot ones thing, do the deep referential questions, the offbeat questions, but they're so stupid. Like they're so dumb at Fox sports Australia that it would just be like, so how did you get into rugby? But he would ask it in like a real probing sort of like Frost versus Nixon way, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm just like, holy shit. Like, this is egregious. They even had Blair's Mega Death Sauce with Liquid Rage. Dude, you know it, what had, I mean? it, had, then, it had a bunch of your sauce. The sauces you use? I watched one episode and it had three of the sauces you use. I know. I'm like, are you, I'm like, dude, like, are you, do you think that we don't have fans? Like, you think this is like, you can just do this in Australia and it's not going to get back to us. Like the internet, it's just an even playing field. Like that's all going to get back. And then it drove me nuts because this is what happens. You know, like people rip us off. Right. And they make this horrible version of what we do. So I just want to say that to everyone out there, if you're going to rip off our show from here on out, the fine bros, Fox, Sport, Fox Sports Australia, whoever, make it fucking good. It's always the lamest, cheesiest, shittiest product. And I'm just looking at it. And, of course, they all have sponsors and a bigger budget than we do just ripping off our show. You know what I mean? You yeah. know what I mean, Bert? 
I, dude, let me tell you something. I was I tried to do four or five intros last night for this podcast, uh, referencing it, and I got so I, I would get so angry, and and I was drunk, so it just kept spiraling out. And but the thing was, when you get stolen from, is it it makes it makes you look like the thief number one because some people don't right, know. Right, they catch that one people first. People don't know, and then all of a sudden they're tweeting at you and they're like, "Hey, man, you stole this show," which is the most frustrating thing because it takes away it takes away all the all the hard work all the the suffering you do to get a product out to the masses the moment you have where you're like wow this is taking off the pride you have when someone spots you in the street and goes hey man all those moments you have of making something great when someone steals it it's almost like they're diminished yeah exactly and Bert you know this like when you have an idea you start shopping it for TV. You start meeting with these different networks and stuff. And I already look like such a fucking psychopath trying to explain this show where we interview celebrities and make them eat violently hot chicken wings. Like, I already look crazy enough when the market isn't giving, like, 10 different crazy shows. Like, 10 different, like, shitty crazy versions of our show. You know what I mean? So people just be like, oh, I saw the Fine Bros do that. Or I saw Fox Sports Australia do that. It was lame. You know what I mean? Like, it just... It undercuts you like at every way. And then I think what pissed me off the most is I was watching this clip and there are all these like dorky, lurchy fucking rugby dudes. And they're like, we're always pushing the envelope here. And so now this is our crazy show. And I'm like, this show's not fucking crazy. Bert doesn't have his shirt off dry heaving on the table. Like your show is not fucking crazy. You have such a dad trying to be cool version of our show. It makes me want to throw up. It's not Fuck it, it, complex. Fuck Fox Sports Australia. That's what I got to say. Fuck Fox Sports Australia. Yeah, I, 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 it was so frustrating because it, you know what it was like? It was like, I, this is going to sound a little too, <laughs> maybe not the right analogy, but it's like everyone in the yearbook room uh, or in the video room at, at high school has an inside joke that makes them laugh hysterically. And one day, right. the fucking rugby team walked by, heard it, and bastardized it. And now you can't enjoy your inside joke because the rugby guys are doing it and punch each other in the dicks. I know. They made it not cool anymore. I don't even want to do hot ones anymore. <laughs> don't say that. <laughs> it, was, it was really frustrating because and, – and they put a laugh track in it. That's what killed me. Dude, I was like, what did you guys even do to this? Like, what did you even do to this show? What did you even do to our show? Why did you do it like this? But whatever. I, I was, whatever. What are I you going to do? I was infuriated. No, no, I was like, did you see my tweet last night? Fox Sports Australia producer. No, our show's totally different. Our guy sits <laughs> camera right. <laughs> yeah, that was like almost the only difference. And here's what I'm going to say, Bert, and this is going to be a controversial stance, but I like hot ones with a longer runtime and a less handsome host. I think that's what makes it. You know uh, what I mean? Let me tell you something. You're the sleeper. That the, you you are the <laughs> most lovable part of that show because yeah, they could get a great-looking handsome guy. They could get a big fat guy, like a like a big Artie Lang, and then that's the catch. Yeah. But you got you. You got you. A half-ass M&M 
and <laughs> and, and you're and you the thing that's engaging about the show is how much you care about the guests, how much you care about hip hop, about comedy, how much research you do, and that is when when halfway through the show you're like, oh, no one else could host this because this guy's asking insightful questions that I've always wanted the answers to. Thank you, Bert. This makes me feel better. This makes me feel better. I love you, buddy. Thank oh, the, you for yeah, saying these things. This, this, the, I mean, I watched the show and I was like, and in my head I was like, you know, hey, man, this, uh, I, I get it. I totally get it. I'm, I'm certain there was a young producer who saw your show in Australia and he just said, I got an idea and pitched it in the room and they were like, we fucking love it. And he was like, well, you know, it's got to be a three-minute segment, so we'll just do five wings. I mean, he just pulled way too closely from it. And now and now they've scrubbed it from the internet, I guess. Yeah, like all the links. That, like, But they have to. I mean, Fox Sports ain't some YouTube channel. You know what I mean? They got it like – I mean, I don't know what's going to happen from here, but like, Jesus. Like, good Lord. I and I, I, what I don't get is they're so stupid. They're so stupid because you can just change – I mean, whatever. Like, just they just did exactly our show, but it was just so bad because there's no self awareness whatsoever. There was no, there was no insightfulness in the thievery. I mean, come on, no, I, at least be original in your stealing. And I'm always like this. Listen, there are a lot of flaws in our show. Like, if you wanted to rip it off and make it better, you could. But they seem to even like use the parts of our show that suck. Like, they, like the set was just still like a sloppy Wayne's World interrogation room. Yeah. My intro, like I said, he's trying to like do the intro, like the way he asked the questions. I'm like, bro, don't rip me off. Like, I'm not even a good person to rip off. Rip off Ryan Seacrest. Like, I'm fucking flawed. I'm not like a real TV guy. You know what I mean? Rip off somebody else. <laughs> like just for just for the sake of your career and being able to like move up and get money and shit. Like don't rip me off. It's like I've it's like someone window air conditioning in a six hundred square foot apartment. Like don't rip me off. I'm not a good gauge on where you should go in this business. How hard was it to fall asleep last night? I just uh you know what? Five bong rips and I'm out. So that was just <laughs> I came home. <laughs> I came, I came home, just lit it up, and then I was just like, boom, out until about eight thirty this morning. Oh, that is so hilarious! Oh God, I yeah, because I, I, I got steamed, man. The second I saw it, I lit up. I, I maybe I'll send you a link to all the all the intros I did. One of the intros was like, was like, because my wife's like, listen, listen, you're coming off very negative, like you just, just. <laughs> She goes just for just for argument's sake. Do one read that is a tad bit more even keeled. And I go, guys, just everyone check out hot ones and the burning question and see if there's similarities. Listen, you never know. It is very very possible that that Sean traveled to to Australia two years ago, overheard two junior producers talking about a segment they were going to air in three years. <laughs> And then Sean raced back to the States and started his own show, only to find out that by the time the show had been ready to be born, all this, you know, I was like, that, and I'm, I'm fucking, I just went off. I could not stop. And I was drunk. And you know that those morons thought they nailed it with the burning questions title, too. Like, uh. that is the name of the show. You know that they were high-fiving in that meeting. Like, that's it. That's it. That is so... God damn it, man! And then I and then I just had dreams about thievery all night. 
it's Bert, the, I appreciate this, man. Thanks for having my back. Oh, you know I got right. your back. And I do want to say that, you know, like we kind of, we always make the show like me and Chris Schoenberger, like the only, you know, like, and like, the, you know, and Chris and all these people who work on it is just like, it's just us that's going to see it. You know, that's kind of how we make this show. We never even like kind of, we always like, we think about our fans, but we never like think that they're like there for us and riding for us until a situation like this. And I'm just like kind of tweeting at the guy, like and doing this shit, like not thinking it'll drum something up. But that was like awesome to see. It was like all these fans coming out of the woodwork and like really supporting the show and riding with it. I felt like uh, Mel Gibson and Braveheart or something at one point. It was pretty awesome. I thought you were going to say Mel Gibson getting pulled over. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like everybody riding. It was awesome. Mel Gibson, by the way, would be a yeah, great I mean, not Hot, that hot Ones but... guest. If you can get Mel Gibson on, I would fucking love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, let's... We'll see. We'll see. Um, so, uh, uh, by the way, and as soon as this started going, like in what I call, I say viral. I use the term viral very loosely. I use the same viral, the term viral, the same way someone who's watching the real world calls it a documentary. So, right, right. Uh, but I, I looked at it and then I was like, I was like, oh, this is, and I just started hammering tweets. I even wrote some and saved them because I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to flood my timeline. I'll wait. And then I saw, I was like, oh my God, he only has 9,000 followers on Twitter. I was like, this needs to grow. So everyone, you can follow (laughs) Sean, you can follow Sean at Sean S. Evans at Twitter. Sean C. Evans, like Baltic C, like Sean, S-E-A-N-S-E-A-E-V-A-N-S. But whatever, I kind of like being in the shadows. I like being under the radar. I like that our show is kind of an underdog show. But to everybody out there, like you rip it off, Hot Ones Hive is going to, seek vengeance yeah now you gotta name your, you gotta name your warriors <laughs> yeah the ca- yeah let cast- that serve as a, let that serve as a warning to everyone out there yeah um who uh the the uh the one that you just came out with jay farrow was fantastic thank you bird i appreciate did that you, did you feel he like fucking that, carried it did you feel like that sitting across from him as he's doing the impressions you're like uh this is gonna go viral i mean i was just kind of like he's so talented you know what yeah. i mean you're kind of in awe of it it's hypnotizing because it doesn't it's the thing about jay farrow is the voice is always perfect and he has such incredible range you can go from smeagol to denzel washington with his mouth on fire from hot sauce yeah in like nothing you know what i mean it's pretty crazy to see and it was just mesmerizing to sit across from and quite frankly i think a little bit of the energy is lost in the edit like if you were in that room or sitting across from him from the table it's really special it's like something i'll remember that. I don't know what I'll remember longer, you with your shirt off, sweating, <laughs> Dude, nearly puking more, on the table. I've or more compliments a... from that fucking interview than anything I've ever done. I mean, yeah, well, I, my Google that's Trends. That's the hot one's difference. My Google Trends spiked. The, uh, who, who do you guys have coming up uh, in, in the future? Uh, well, Bert, I, I, we got, we got some crazy things in the works, but I don't want to, I don't want to put them out in the world because I don't want it to not happen, but we have some like bananas things, but I don't know when this is coming out next week though. We have me and Chili Klaus eating the Reaper part two, part two, the fuck up. Yes. Mike drop. So on Tuesday, me and Chili Klaus, Chili Klaus came to New York city we ate another Reaper. It's a fucking outrageous video. So that's coming up 
next week. And then, um, you know Harley Morenstein from Epic Meal Time? Uh, very well. Yeah, he was on my podcast. Yeah, yeah. So Harley did an episode. I did his show. He did my show. We did like the switcheroo. Yeah. So um, his episode comes out on Thursday, and then we have Chili Klaus on Tuesday. We're just giving the fans what they want. Very exciting times here. We're here. It's an international incident that we're like in, in the in the foxhole right now, taking fire, returning fire. And then next week, dropping Chili Klaus, drop, dropping Harley. And we have like some, some crazy things lined up. I'm excited, man. That Chili Klaus where you guys ate that pepper the first time is one of the fucking one of the greatest videos because you he starts hiccuping and itching his ears and you shut down. I cannot wait to see that. <laughs> Well, you know why he was like snapping? Here's a little here's a little insider fun fact. He was snapping because when he was dying off the Reaper, he was kind of like losing his senses and he was like kind of in fear that he was going deaf, so he was snapping to remind himself that he wasn't losing his hearing. Holy fuck. That's a little 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 chilly glass fun fact right there. I gotta tell you by the way, I've been I've been on a uh on a wings run since we did that and I bought De Bomb. And I use that now yeah. as my as one of my spices. Are you kind of uh, are you kind of like opening yourself up, eating more hot food, pushing I've, yourself a little bit more? I've gotten hardcore. I take the bomb, and what I do is I I put it in stuff and I dilute it. So I'll take Frank's hot ones, yeah. Frank's uh, Frank's hot sauce, whatever that is, and I'll mm-hmm. I'll use my sauce, but I'll use the bomb to flavor Frank's. That's cool. Yeah. yeah, there you go. That's that's some that's that's the hot ones different, Bert. Oh, I'm telling you, and I love your hot sauce. You can get your hot sauce, hot ones, hot sauce. It's still in my fridge. Um, so this, so I'm going to air this today. This is Saturday. I'm watching Florida State lose to Louisville right now, and twenty-one uh, ten. I'm watching it too, Bert. What's up with your Seminoles? God damn it! We should have gotten that kid, the quarterback from Louisville. Um, <laughs> and uh, and then uh, Tuesday, Chili Klaus. Thursday, Harley Morenstein. Dude, I'm so glad that this boat is at least righted for the moment. If anything happens, feel free. My podcast is your voice. I love your show. I will do everything I can to support your show and get more viewers. Um, and I'll do a little intro for this. But uh, like I said in the intro, it is fantastic. If you're into the shit I'm into, hip-hop, comedy, sports, it's fu- it is – it is. Uh, I'm telling you, it's my mecca. Appreciate it, Bert. Love you, man. I love you too, Sean. Good luck. I'll talk to you later, buddy. All right. Bye. Awesome. All right, guys. Do you ever feel that you're having a hard time choosing between price and quality to get an amazing, affordable shave? DollarShaveClub.com has the answers to prove how amazing their shave really is. Right now, they're going to give you your first month free to join the club. We all love a closed shave. DollarShaveClub.com delivers amazing razors right to my front door for a third of the price of what these greedy razor corporations charge. Seriously, I have no reason to deal with the drugstore and the hassle that comes along with the drugstore and the long lines that comes with the drugstore and the person who decides to grab Fritos, which are actually behind them in line and behind you in line while they go to check out. You don't have to go over to that 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 little razor fortress they've got where can you please unlock the razors because apparently people are stealing razors because they can move them on the free market pretty quickly and now you won't have to deal with it i don't deal with it you don't deal with it when you join dollar shave club just go to dollarshaveclub.com pick up pick a razor that works for you from their amazing lineup of blades that's all there is to it 
Me, personally, I get a first-class shave when I use the executive blade. And when I use their Dr. Carver's shave butter, oh, the blade just gently glides for the smoothest shave ever. With Dollar Shave Club, you got a, a, a nice, tight, like almost military, clean, that model. Like you ever see the models and you're like, how do their face get so smooth? You get that. And you smell like a million bucks without paying for it. Here's your chance to see why over 3 million members just like me love Dollar Shave Club. Dollar Shave Club is so confident in the quality of all their products that now you can get their first month for free. Just pay shipping. That's it. That's all. After that, it's just a few bucks a month. No long-term commitment. No hidden fees. No reason not to do it. Get yours at dollarshaveclub.com slash BurtCast. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash BurtCast. B-E-R-T-C-A-S-T. That's right, guys. You too can have a clean shave and just go to dollarshaveclub.com slash BurtCast. All right, let's start the podcast. Today's guest is someone that <clears throat> I had heard of a million times. I knew of a million times because if you're like me, you're a fan of the Rogan podcast. And Rogan kept talking about how hilarious this person was and how great it was that they were doing stand-up and how he excited he was for them. And that's all I really knew. I didn't know much about her life, uh, to be dead honest with you, until I did this podcast. And I, and I, I don't know if I say this in the podcast, but I, I had a finite amount of time because I had a meeting I had to run to. And in my head, I thought, you know, an hour and a half will be fine. But it was not fine. It was, and I got, I'm scheduling another podcast with her because the conversation was so fucking seamless, so easy, so not rushed. And I wanted to talk to her more. And I'm going to do that again. I didn't know anything about her. And now I know everything about her. But I knew enough about her to be her friend. Like, I could hang out with her, and then I was like, holy shit, you're not someone who drops names or, or, or fuck. She's amazing. She's amazing. She's got an amazing story, and, uh, and she was, I was lucky enough to have her as my guest. She is absolutely hilarious. Oh, what's so funny is I do the podcast with her yesterday, and, uh, and last night I'm looking for a movie. I'm looking for a movie for the girls. They've got a sleepover, so they got, and you know, we're living in two rooms, so. All the girls are in my bed eating pizza, and I'm sitting in the Lazy Boy, and I'm flipping through, and I see Dice's, Andrew Dice Clay's Down and Dirty or something, and I'm like, in my head, I'm like, oh, click on and see uh, uh, Norton or um, Florentine or someone that I like for a second and get my moment of entertainment before I have to watch, you know, some crappy Teen Titans go. And I click on it, and it's, it's, my, it's my guest. Ladies and gentlemen, I watched her set last night. She is fucking fantastic. And it was not friendly for the It was not child-friendly for the girls. But that's the kind of comedy I love. Please put your hands together for Eleanor Kerrigan. This is Here, talking that mic. This one that's here? number two. Oh, look how it is set up with the... I didn't even notice it. Fucking hello. Fuck up these papers. Oh, that's Isla's homework, I'm sure. Or no, that's Anthony Kiedis' book. Oh, I don't know what go. that is. That's a flashlight that I used to get back to the man cave last night. Okay. <laughs> I threw a temper tantrum. Oh. Uh, talking your mic? Do you do that a lot? Is uh, that yeah. good? I had some real breakthrough. I'm a bad temper person. I had a, I had a breakthrough uh, last night. About? 
I was having an asthma attack. So you have asthma room. on top of allergies? I have asthma and allergies, but it's allergy-induced asthma. So, oh, oh, okay. So they did the final demo, which was the girl's bedroom, uh-huh. but it connects to the bathroom, and it just flooded with uh, all the all the. God damn it! The, it's a new addition to the to the <laughs> to the. Uh, to the podcast is the phone ring. My wife put it back here. It's been great. Uh, the girls want to do prank phone calls. So anyway, so they tear it down. All the all the uh, s- insulation okay. goes into the house. I come home from a meeting, a little buzzed, and uh, start watching Deadwood. And I just stop. Re- I literally stop breathing. Like not stop breathing, but I I can't tell. Well, it's asthma. It does feel. It is like asthma, that. but it's not. It's not like it's just tightness. Yeah, but it but feels it, like it's not coming back. But instead like of like, gonna... I feel like I acted up a tad bit. Like oh. I feel like I took it to the next level where it didn't need to be there, almost to punish my wife for a reason she doesn't need to be punished because of this addition. Right. And, and then I come back to the man cave. <coughs> she sets up a bed for me back here. I open a bottle, open another bottle of wine, <laughs> and I sit down and I go, I'm like, how much of this? Like, do I need to go to the hospital? No. How much of this could, is manageable? If I was single. Would any of this come out? Right. If it was just me, would I throw this temper tantrum? If I didn't have an audience right now, where would I be? And I was like, whoa. I was like, motherfucker. And then I was like, and I had a really good meeting last night. And I was like, am I self-sabotaging? Because this looks like a lot like sabotage. Ah. And so. Do you do that as well? I never thought I did. I knew a guy who self-sabotaged a comic. Mm -hmm. I won't say his name. I watched him do it a couple times. Mm -hmm. And I thought, why would he do that? He's getting an opportunity. Why would he do that? So many people do it's it because we're so much more comfortable with failure. Like we, when ah. we tell me what you said. I feel this. We we were texting the other night about the OR. Oh yeah, and it's like <laughs> Bobby Lee doesn't have a bad set, okay. but he says he has a bad set, and then it convinces me the room's bad. Like he's like on stage, he's like, "Oh, what's wrong with you guys?" But he's really doing great. But that's Bobby. You know, he's never going to see he does great. Yeah, he. Yeah, a lot of comics do that. Like, you're not giving me the response I want. Because after you, Jesselneck was doing it. Yeah. And I thought, I mean, they are. They were. They were tight. I can't say they weren't. They were tight, but I could loosen them up. Sure. <clears throat> Rogan talked, said a phrase one time. It's a wrestling term. I couldn't get him over. I couldn't get over on him. Getting get over on him. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, I thought that was such an interesting phrase because I could get over on him a couple times. I was working on a new bit, which is ah. my mistake. But but it's all it's. But the that's what form. you're supposed to do. That's what you're supposed to do in the that's OR. Absolutely no what you're supposed to go that's up what in the it's OR. Built there for. So wait. So as you know, I'm very new to the comedy store, which I love. I'm very excited um, about those. And can I tell you, it's it's maybe the highlight of my career. Are you kidding? That's I'm beautiful. Being, that's amazing. I mean, I've got highlights. The Letterman was a big time yeah. highlight. Uh, being on TV, the first time seeing myself on TV that I didn't expect to see myself on TV, that was like a benchmark. A lot of TV shows, I like, working for Travel Channel has been a blessing. I love that. That's awesome. That- However, getting passed at the comedy store was like, was like, that was legit. I, I earned it. I'm somewhere. They want me. Approval. All that shit. Because it's it- no easy task. It's not an easy task. There's so many comics. There's so 
Many great <laughs> comics. Great comics, too. That's the thing. Like People are like, oh, it's oversaturated with shit comics. And I'm like, eh. But there's a lot of great ones. So, so for anyone who's not in the know... You started at the comedy store as a waitress yeah. in like 92? 93. 93. And then I was Mitzi's personal assistant for like five or six years, as well as waiting tables because I but told her. But, but in, a, in a weird kind of flip, and by, by, I, this it may be just folklore or guys talking behind your back about you or what I know about you. But like you oh, were sure. in, like you were like in drenched in the comedy business. Oh, absolutely. But I didn't want to be a comic. Is that weird? Like, like the other night, Paulie Shore did our podcast at the Comedy Store, and he was like, "Dude, I got questions for you." And I'm like, "All right." I, I couldn't imagine because we used to fight like cats and dogs when I worked for his mom. So I was like, "Shit, what's he gonna say?" You know? Yeah. And he was like, "You know, it's weird for me to see you as a comic, right?" And I was like, "Okay, is that a question?" Like, I didn't understand. Yeah. And then uh, he's like, "No, I'm saying, but you got good fast because you went to the best college." And I was like, "I always say that, like." I grew up at the comedy store. My adult life was at the comedy store. I was doing plays and for a while was a wrestler, actually, uh, for WoW Women of Wrestling because Rogan made me go to this stupid audition. Really? Um, <laughs> it was, I can't say Joe made me go, but we were goofing in the kitchen the night before, and I was like, I don't want to be a wrestler. And then we started coming up with characters. There was a bunch of people in there. Yeah. Uh, you know how we hang in the kitchen, kind of. Yeah. And we didn't have that back bar back then, so it was just like this was What like, was that back bar back then? Uh, it was a video room. So we used to go in there, and um, Mitzi had footage of, like, she has some killer footage. One of my favorites, like, I saw your Kinnison thing here. One of my favorite things I found in her house when I was helping her with stuff, because she wanted me to help her write a book. And I was like, wait a minute. I can barely read a book. Uh, you should probably get somebody. <laughs> By the way, you don't need to know how to write, read it to write one. I wrote one. <laughs> but don't you feel like... Uh, no. You should get somebody a little better. To, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like, did Am you I get getting help? this job because I'm yeah. next to you? <laughs> I don't know how to conjugate a verb. Should I, I not tell saying. anyone about this offer? Because this offer sounds really good. <laughs> but uh. that's how I felt. I was like, shit, I don't know. But then what she wanted was like a coffee table book. Yeah. So it was basically pictures and little that would stories, be cool shit. little snippets about – because she owned um, – the comedy store in the Dunes Hotel in Vegas. So then we found all this, these tapes of comics she would book in Dunes in Vegas. And it was Kennison and it was Dice, and they were young. And they were – she has all of it, all of it on audio perfectly. That's insane. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, there's Argus Hamilton. There's great com- – that have been there for years. Angel Salazar. Like, it's just Sandra Bernhardt, Roseanne Ball. All of them were – that was their bread and butter getting booked – at the La Jolla Comedy Store or the Dunes, you know, that's where you made money. So wait, so wait, you grew up in Philly. I grew up in South Philly. Yeah. Where? 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 Uh, right by, right by Vet Stadium. Really? Probably like a mile away. <laughs> okay, my whole family's from Philly. Are you kidding? My whole family's from I Philly. I love that. Um, <clears throat> Bryn Mawr, the main line. What the fuck? Sure. Um, Bryn Mawr in the main line. Are you Jewish? No. Oh, I was gonna say we keep them over there on the main line. No, and, no, no. Uh, that <laughs> just this. I'm just going to turn our phone on and let it be off the hook for the morning. Uh, yeah, you know what? All right. Well, maybe we should help the girls make prank calls or something. <laughs> I don't know. I, wait till I tell you. I'll tell you off Okay, I have, But wait, so they're in Bryn Mawr. Okay, that's nice areas. Um, main line. Yeah, main line's beautiful. My, my grandmother, my nana, had, uh, um, had a, I, 
I'm guessing maybe 20 acres next to St. David's and Valley Forge. Wow. And it was all that area. She had a big mansion. She had nine, nine kids. Yeah, I'm one of ten. Yeah. It's and, a big thing over there to so do that. The Hobsons. And so they, uh, they're, it's, and now all my whole family lives in Philly. So I'm going to Philly in like two weeks. No, no, no. In a month. I'm going to Philly in a month. Who, where I sell out one show just from family. Uh, you have to. Yeah. That's what I do. I'm working with Irera over Thanksgiving at He's Philly. Yeah. He's South Philly and West Philly. Oh, sh- oh yeah. I'm doing his podcast Monday. But, oh, okay. Great. Yeah. I was, oh, I was I like, him. oh, my God. Did I just forget? <laughs> That's amazing because he's going to do the store podcast on Wednesday. So it's like we all flip-flop, and yeah. I love that. <laughs> but wait. So, um, yeah. It's what, how many acres? 28? Wow. I want to say. It was like, it was like I, she sold it, and they turned it into a subdivision. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. I was it was gonna, massive. If you have nine kids, that's what you need. My mom had 10 kids and stayed in a row home, and that's not wow. what anybody needs. But that's so Philly. It's like this. <laughs> that's so Philly. Yeah, it's true. And with all those kids, and then we got a and dog. And you knew every neighbor on the street? Still, nobody moved except for me. So every my mom still lives in the same house I grew up in. My brother, Jimmy, lives up the street. Billy around the corner. You know, Who's the brother he, you had that was in shape? So many. No, the one. Oh, the fighter, Jimmy. It was. Do you have a brother named Charlie? Charlie, yeah. Oh, Charlie's like muscly naturally. Wait, how do you say his name? Charlie. Like Charlie. His name's Charlie. Charlie. (laughs) But it's Charlie. Charlie, yo, Charlie. I loved it. I heard that when I heard you on Rogan. All I heard was. All I heard was uh, when you said that. I I, I can tell you where I was. It's so funny the little things you remember in a podcast. I was walking. Uh, across the on-ramp for the 170 over on, on Magnolia. Walking? I was walking. I was, wa- okay. I was taking a walk this on the podcast. Hi, I mean... No, just walking. Okay. Uh, I walk in the mornings. I drop the girls off school, and then I try to walk like three to five miles. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I'm People still must be walk. like, why is he looking? I know, but what's weird is I'm walking, and then I'll just start laughing. Is this because you're in competition with Tom? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I'm going to destroy him. All right. And so, and I heard you say that, and I rewound it, so all I remember is... Uh, the Pope of Greenwich Village. Oh, it's my favorite. It, it's like, uh, they took my finger, Charlie. Charlie yeah. <laughs> they took my finger. When the, I just watched that like three weeks ago. And the thing is, when they have that scene and they're playing stickball in their suits, yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've seen that in real life. Really? Absolutely. I mean, we play half ball in Philly and a lot of people make fun of us. Um, but like I joke and say, oh, you guys could afford the whole ball. Yeah. But that's not why we play half ball. It's because the houses are so close together. If you hit a tennis ball with a stick, it could go through somebody's window. Yeah. You know, we got this much room on a street. It's tiny. Yeah. You know, everything's connected and the streets are small. So we cut the ball in half and it just bounces off the thing. Now yeah. it's harder to hit. But when you hit, it soars. It could go over the roof. So if you went on like all the roofs and roofs, and it's just that it's a it's a half of a tennis ball. It could be a half of a tennis ball or a pimple ball. I'm going way back. You remember pimple balls? No. <laughs> really? What's a pimple ball? I don't know. Maybe we are ghetto. Uh, <laughs> just there were like little rubber balls with bumps on them, so we called them pimple balls. Good God! <laughs> the second I knew you were from Philly is when you said water. Oh, water. Yeah. 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 You said, you're like water, and I, I was like. I try so hard to fix that, but oh, I... Oh, it's so great. It's so great. It, it goes back and forth for me because this is what happened like in Philly. And uh, when I was going to Temple University, yeah. I was a lifeguard. And we had a city pool across the street from my mom's house. So I was taking American Standard English at Temple. And then I'd go to my lifeguarding job and I'd 
try to practice. So I'd blow the whistle and I'd be like, get out of the water. <laughs> get out <laughs> of the water. Who the fuck talks like that? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> shit. Like, I'm in a pool in South Philly, Philly trying to kick out these th- little my idiots. My sister and I used to emulate Philly accents because we grew up in Florida. So oh. we'd come up to Philly for the summer and we'd hang out with our cousins. And our cousins were so much cooler. They knew, like, I remember the first time I ever snuck out at, at night. My, other, my, oh, my closest cousins, meaning, like, the ones closest in age to me, uh, grew up in Norristown. Okay. And so Norristown was a little hood back then. Yeah, I've driven past it. I don't know where it is. It's sketchy. (laughs) And so, but I remember being like, I mean, I was the first time I heard about what the clap was. I I was like, I was like in fourth grade and I was like, (laughs) your your brother's got the drips. What's that? It's just such a, it's so, so so when you go home, is it like, Oh, it's chaos. It's everyone's Eagles fans. Uh, well, here's the weird part. We love the birds. Like the, we grew up by the stadium, love the birds. And now that some of my brothers are older, they get on the bandwagon of that's our home team. And I'm like, dude, I could show you a picture of you when you were 12 wearing LA Rams pajamas. Don't be a jerk off. Like, because we loved whoever we like, we like players. So if we were, we had one television. So I know a lot about sports because that's all we watched. So, uh, and you have five older brothers, you know what I mean? I got nothing. There was only one baby brother and one baby sister under me because I'm number eight out of ten. So I watched everything. Holy so cow, for you're me eight out of ten? Yeah. So for me when Eric Dickerson played for SMU, the Pony Express, way back, when he went to the Rams, I became a giant Rams fan. But yeah. my mom was so angry at me for being such a tomboy, she wouldn't let me wear the you know rams gear or whatever so the boys all got it but i didn't get it but i have a great picture of them as kids like it's my brother uh, bobby and johnny in rams pajamas and oddly billy has a st louis cardinals really (laughs) and charlie's the only one with the phillies (laughs) and the mean eater in our stinky christmas pajamas we're like hate being girls like we wanted to be a boy because we didn't know any better because they dominate it you know in our house yeah so uh but yeah i love i love the birds but i'm a big rams fan still to this day and i'm thrilled that they're here yeah we're going sunday i mean they really made me angry monday you're going Mm -hmm. they're playing seattle yeah i know exciting um yeah we got my wife one of the cool things about my wife was like i remember one night a long time ago she was like we should get season tickets to something and become fans of something. And this is ah. a long time ago. And I was like, really? She's like, yeah, let's see what we can afford. And we looked and we're like, at the time, we couldn't afford anything. I mean, I was, I, we couldn't afford anything. I was featuring on the road. And then she was like, well, whenever, if we ever get money, we should definitely do that. And then, and then you know, not to say that we have money, but the Rams came and she called my business manager right. and was like, can we afford this? He's like, yeah, it's a business expense, you know. <gasps> it's take it, you make sure that we Bert uses it for business, and so, wow. and so I signed up. I got season tickets, and I'm like, this is fucking awesome. Fuck, I know so many people that have season tickets, and I got two people that offered for this weekend. So yeah. I'm just waiting to see if who has the better. <laughs> oh, we got great. <laughs> who seats. has the better box? We got. Oh, I don't have a box. Holy shit. Uh, one has a box, I think, and one doesn't. Really? Yeah. Well, I get around. <laughs> Good God. Hey, man. So, okay. I'll be sitting there with Eric Dickerson and Marshall Falk being like, dude. <laughs> that you've got. I, I would saw, die. I, I saw the game. at the, the Which we one? Went, what, what the do you game, mean? The game. The rapper. The game. Uh, I saw him at a, really? at a, in, the, in the box with his whole crew. 
sitting right there all in Rams gear. Snoop Dogg was with him. Oh, I love they, that. And they, they're like, ladies and gentlemen, the game. Yeah. It's so L.A. They're having the Red Hot Chili Peppers open for him this week. Oh, that's awesome. Red Hot Chili Peppers are opening for the Rams. That's amazing. It's, he's so L.A., though. They're so L.A. It's, Keith is so L.A. He's it's great. It's so much fun. He used to hang at the store all the time. Love Did he him. really? Him and Rick Rubin constantly. And I know Rick... Um, from my first ex-fiance. I have a few of those. You said that. You, 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 <laughs> I'm terrible. But I, my first ex-fiance was a booking agent for comics. And he repped like Chris Rock, uh, Martin Lawrence, all these guys. But Chris and Ruben, they did an album together. Or they were putting an album together. Yeah. Or something. Ruben produced Bring the Pain. I forget. Somehow. We used to hang out a lot. I don't really? remember. Okay. So, so let's. So like how did you get out of Philly? Uh, running. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I was like, hiding. oh, you were in, you were in track? <laughs> no. Yeah. Get a scholarship? Not a lot of track and field yeah. on cement like that. <laughs> uh, no, but we, um, I, I, growing up, I was just a, I was an angry kid. I would fight a lot. I don't know why. And in Philly, like, if you, if I have a fight with you, I got to fight with 20 of your friends. And then it just keeps going around and around and around. And it was like driving me crazy. And I was just like, I got to get out. I got to get out really? of here. And, and um, at that point, I was 20. Yeah. I was taking classes at Temple. I was trying so hard to just, like, I'd see people. I'm very good at learning from other people's mistakes. Yeah, I'm not. Um, you're not? Yeah. I, I, actually, I am. I, I'm, I'm, very, I'm very good. There's a song. There was a, a Tool song. I think it's called Judith. Oh, yeah. And at the time, I was hanging out with someone, and I was like, I was watching them fuck up and fuck up in massive ways. And I remember going like, I don't ever want to be that guy. Okay. And um, and then I I was like, I'm not going to be that guy. But then I think sometimes I might be. Well, yeah, I think certain <clears throat> things are inevitable. Like you know, we can, we fuck up naturally. People fuck up. But I'm saying like hardcore. Yeah. Screwing up, and I mean, just everybody getting in trouble, different things, getting arrested all the time. It was just dumb. It was just dumb little city shit. And I was trying to grow apart from it, grow apart from it, but then it sucks you back in. Yeah. You get in a one little argument, something stupid. So, and I was taking classes at Temple. I was trying to, I was being a theater major and I'm doing Shakespeare in a fee lawsuit in North Philly. So I feel confident, right? <laughs> it wasn't velour. I wasn't that yeah. wealthy. And then, uh, so I'm like playing a witch. I remember like just, and I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> I don't know if this is for me either. Yeah. And then I wanted to audition. I was going to, I start, I would go to New York all the time to get out of Philly and go. And they were awful. Uh, like I would meet agents and stuff like that. And like, they would say horrendous things. And I was yeah. like, Oh shit. And then, um, somebody suggested LA. So I went to this thing where I paid for three months and I give yourself three months to be in LA. That's, it was like, we all lived in this house in the Hollywood Hills and they would have acting class. I'm sure it was some kind of scam, but, but, wait, but it still works. Sounds yeah. like it works. And I lived right behind the comedy store. Uh, at, at, on Queens Road. Okay. At 1502 Queens Road. So my roommate and I, we would walk everywhere looking for jobs because I didn't even have a license. I was total hood rat. Like, you don't Holy need license shit. in Philadelphia. You know, yeah. public transportation, even to go to New York, it was nothing. It was $8 to get to New York. You know, yeah. you take a bus or, you know, whatever. It was nothing. Everywhere you can get. And then when you got back to 9th Street, you just get on the subway and you're fine. You know, right back in my neighborhood. So I just, you know, out here, I didn't know it was all 
you know, you have to drive everywhere. It's like yeah. the suburbs. <laughs> that's yeah. what we say in Philly. Like, oh, you have to drive to your neighbor's house if you live in the suburbs. And that's how it is out here. Oh, like, yeah. Shit. Like, if you have a play date, you have to get in the car and go to somebody's house. You know, you can't just walk down the street. It's crazy. Our neighbors are three blocks that way, and we only drive to their house. <laughs> so it's, it's so crazy because I go, we're going to. Why gonna, do we do that out here? It's I don't, weird. Well, you know what? It's because we're crossing a major. And like, yeah, I and, guess and the your, streets are bigger. Yeah. It's like, it's like uh, we, I was talking to the mom, and she said, we should let, experiment and let the kids walk themselves from one place to the other. And I went, fuck that. Yeah. My kids will end up. With no clothes and a handful of magic beans, like, uh, Dad, I think I got duped. <laughs> you think that? My kids are not. I'm like, I'm starting you know to. What have, they I'm, are. I'm, I'm starting to have real concerns for them, and be like, no. and be like, I think we need to get the fuck out of LA and move to Montana, where you guys can just raise a goat and like, <clears throat> like I said to my wife, I go, Do you feel like they're getting stupider? Like, I feel Stop like they're. I mean, I'm, I'm not even fucking around. And she was like, They're not good. Like. Kids their age are growing up, and my kids are not growing up. They're just not. And I don't know if it's we've cuddled them or we have we've shelled them or we've yeah. They just they just are not growing up. They're really not growing up. I mean, we twelve I, and ten, and they're still playing with dolls and still believe in Santa. Wait a minute, twelve and ten. That's your fault if they believe in Santa. Uh, my that's mom, definitely my fault. My mom broke that quick early. <laughs> well, you shit hey, fucking hey, ten buddy. kids. Is, I was upgraded. I'm buying ten presents. Santa's dead. No. Santa's dead. He's dead. I don't care if you're crying. Get your shit together. <laughs> we need work. You know, like <laughs> just, no way. But like, I tease my mom all the time that I still believe in Santa. I don't care what she says. She's lying to me. Yeah. Like for years out here, I go and take pictures with Santa and send them to. Her, like, yeah, he's here. You lied, you know, and she'd be like, <laughs> yeah. You're an asshole. Like, <laughs> God, so you bought, but, so you bought this, like, you bought so into bought, this, like, yeah, it was program. Three, yeah, it was called the program, actually, which is so weird. And, um, it was three months. We lived in this big house in the Hollywood Hills. It was a lot of people in there, so maybe that's why it was a scam. But I came from one of ten in a row home, so I'm like, Oh. This is luxurious. You yeah. Can, wait, we have our own bathroom? What? <laughs> you mean my brother's not going to be peeing while I'm taking a shower? And one's going to be brushing their teeth? Or one's taking a shit? I mean, it was awful. That's how it was. You just... Everyone... There was no privacy. Really? Yeah. Because like, there's no privacy in my house. And I heard, I hear people talk about that. And I go... Like, we... Our, our house that we're doing... It was, it was two bedrooms, one bath is what we had. Okay. And so I, I used to make a joke, but it would offend people that didn't live in closed quarters like this. And I go, I yeah, if you, take, I go, if you take a shit in my house, it's a town hall meeting. Right. Like when, if you take a shit, like I had to start shitting in a Snuggie because my daughters will just walk in and, and start talking to me. Yeah. And I was like, and people are like, hey, you, you can't let your daughters be in the bathroom while you're taking a dump. And I'm like, no, that, that that's not. Well, I don't have that. I don't have that luxury. Yeah, if there I, is no. I don't know about that, but like how you did it with your daughters. But I remember doing that. Yeah, sure. And the, or like taking a shower. My brother Jimmy, I tease him terribly, but he'd be taking a shit. There's something wrong with him. And then Johnny would be brushing his teeth, but I'd be taking a shower, and Jimmy would start peeking in, and I go, "Really?" <laughs> and I go, "You're not even offering me gum." It's <laughs> like, a you know, One brother taking his shit. One brother brushing his teeth, and you're taking a shower. Yeah. How fucking. Tiniest, hilarious is that the tiniest group and i mean i remember like i remember taking showers together for a long time yeah and then i worked with kevin brennan you know uh Kevin, yeah, I know uh, Kevin Brennan. Fucking hilarious. Well, he's one of ten as well. Yeah, and so I was featuring for him as a stress factory, and I thought, oh shit, because I don't know him that well. I know Neil 
Yeah. I'm closer to Neil, but... Which doesn't help in knowing, knowing Kevin. I know. I forgot. I didn't oh, know. Oh, I, I fucked forgot. that one up. Okay. I, I fucked that one up massively before. Well, I didn't... I, I Not like I said anything to Kevin, because I've yeah. known Neil all the years, and I've never even talked about Kevin, but... Um, he was talking about, he goes, dude, I never had anybody open for me that has 10 brothers, nine brothers and sisters as well. We're one of 10, you know? And I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, I forgot. And he's like, yeah, we, I didn't talk about it on stage, but he said how he took showers together. He does this joke. He goes, I used to do this joke about taking showers together. And I thought, they did that too? I thought they had money because yeah. their parents, I think his father was a lawyer. I'm not his, sure. Something like that. They uh, had money though. Yeah. His dad. I kind of I I've listened. I started he's listening. So fucking funny. He's he is so fucking funny. But I'll tell you what got me onto him. Kind of is one time I was working at the parlor and Neil was there. Uh, I guess he was going on after me, or maybe he went on before. I don't remember, but he was there. And afterwards, he goes, "You know what? You remind me of my brother." And I was like, "Oh!" And then when he left, I thought. Does that mean he doesn't like me? Like, yeah. I didn't know. But he met my comedy style. Because yeah. I asked him, like, a couple weeks later, I saw him. I go, what did you do? And he goes, no, no, your style, the way you guys talk. I was like, really? Yeah. So I looked him up, and I was like, oh, this guy's an idiot. Yes, I love this. This is yeah. perfect. Like, it's just throwaway. Kevin Brennan's not... the first person I knew. He's really funny, The first though. person I met. It's a very big in, compliment. In Thank you, Neil. <laughs> I, oh, really? My uncle went, grew up with him. In the suburbs in of Philly? Philly? In yeah. Philly. Because they lived in the suburbs, so I just in the, They lived on the main line across from Leonard Touche. Who's the guy that owned the Phillies? Uh, yeah, uh, is that right? Yeah, Leonard they used to live yeah. across the street from his house because my other uncle bought that house. Wow. My uncle bought that house and lived across from the Brennans. So my uh, one of my uncles said, I I know Kevin Brennan. I went to, I think they went to, Lister, not Lister, what's the high school, uh, Ken, a- Kendrick or Ken... Ken, oh yeah, one of the Kendrick. high. Sc- mm-hmm. They went to high school together. Wherever they went to high school, so many great schools yeah. in Philly. You would think and, that, that people would learn more. <laughs> and then, and then my other uncle said, "I live across from the Brennans. Uh, find Kevin Brennan, introduce yourself, say you're John and Dave Hobson's uh, nephew, and he'll he's he'll look out for you." And so I went up to Kevin Brennan. And I said, "My name's Bert Kreischer. I'm related to the Hobsons. I know you went to high school with my uncle. You know your parents live across the street." I said, "I'm getting into comedy." Can you give me any advice? And he goes, no, but the guy behind you can give you every bit of advice you need. And I went, really? He goes, yeah, let me introduce you. And he's like, Atel. He goes, talk to this kid. He wants to get into comedy. And Atel was like, get out now. (laughs) And I was like, this is at the closing of... Catch a Rising Star in New York. Their their closing uh, party. And uh, But then I'd run into Kevin every now and then. He's like, how's it going? And then... And then I started listening to his podcast. Have you? S- yeah, my my uh, misery loves company. He's he's so good. First of it all, stinks that him and Neil don't get along. I know because he's so funny. Um, I mean, Neil's funny too. Neil's brilliant. Neil's That's fucking hilarious. Yeah, it's just amazing. Like how that runs in the family. Like I'd be maybe I'd be pissed if one of my brothers or sisters started doing stand up too. I don't know, but uh, I, I'm assuming Kevin started first. Oh he's yeah. a little older. Okay. Oh, Kevin's Kevin started because uh, he started with like a tell and those guys. Yeah. Oh yeah. And he's yeah he's a tell's favorite comic. Yeah, him at Stanhope. I, I mean, I'm just a big Attell fan, but yeah. like I've heard Attell say yeah. Kevin Brennan and Stanhope are his favorite comics. I believe that. Remember, I, I don't know if you were there for this one. Yeah, you, 
no, the night before you did the Comedy Store podcast, yeah. when we all were in the basement. You remember that, right? Yes. Because you were drunk. The night and before was... Just me, Rogan, and Stanhope, and uh, Br- Brendan Walsh. Yeah. And Stanhope does this great uh, impression slash joke of a tells, and we were dying laughing. Like, it's so spot on. Like, you can tell he's such a fan, which is I great. Said something, I said something on stage the other night. You know what? I, I I have a theory I, I, that like really great comedy, really really great comedy becomes your own. So yeah. like like really great comedy, my wife and I would commandeer and it would become our joke. That was how we communicated. Okay. So my wife to this day will go will say stuff like "boogly boogly, watch out!" <laughs> like like the is everybody get it? That's gonna get it. Like if we make a joke, like she will quote. Dave tells asides from Skanks for the Memories. Oh my God, that's and, hilarious! And same with Segura and, and Pajinsky. They quote yeah. asides to Atel made, and I made an aside. I made an Atel aside on stage the other night, not even realizing it's Atel's. And I went, "Oh my God, that's Dave Atel's!" <gasps> and I was like, "I was like, oh my God!" Like, and I'm fucking totally owned it. Told the audience, "That's Dave Atel's." I was like, "Holy oh, shit!" Good. I go, yeah. "That's oh yeah." I would never. I'd never. I've never stolen a joke in my life, and I would never steal. Good. But I. But if I have, if I do come across something in an improv that is not mine, Yours, I, yeah, I go. I own it to the crowd. I go. I because I, I did that to Patrice one time. I did. Uh, Patrice O'Neill. Wow. I had. Well, I was friends with Patrice. Yeah. And I guess I heard him on a podcast, or maybe on a. I don't know where. I don't know where I heard him say it, but I know it's his. But I was doing this bit about I love, I love my wife, and then I went. I don't know if I love her more than I need her. I go. I need her more than I love her. I go. She loves me more than she needs me. She doesn't need me. She chooses to be with me. I. I have no choice. I need her. Like I need her for everything. And I started doing this bit, going. I don't. You. I don't love oxygen. I need oxygen. I love it. I love it out of necessity. And then I started going. Wait. I. Feel, I. This is. This is a really great bit. And then I was like, hold on. This can't – it's coming It's coming out too easy. Yeah. And I went, oh, this is a Patrice O'Neill bit. And I, on stage, I was in Columbus. And someone's like, Do you, are you stealing it? I went, no. I just told you. I'm I'm improving it. And I just realized it's Patrice not- had a, dog, a joke about, about his dogs need him. And they know it. <laughs> his chick doesn't know she needs him. But he ah. goes – and but his is so much better because he's like – because my dogs will look at me and go – I need help getting on the couch. I need you. Can you get me on the couch? He goes, all of a sudden, my bitch just sits on the couch. <laughs> bitch, you need me. You should ask to get on the couch. That's my couch. Like, but it's it's so much better the way Patrice does so it. Patrice, yeah. But so I, I say, you know, really great comedy becomes yours. In a weird yeah. way, you, you almost like, you adapt it. And it tells the perfect example. Me, I live with two lesbians when I first moved to New York. And we would commandeer Dave Chappelle all the ah, time I get like that. in our in our living area which is so weird for a comic yeah. but like really great comics love great comedy i, I believe oh no i agree I, it just is harder for me to watch now like it, again 12 years of waiting tables i could literally serve drinks on the beats of comics jokes yeah because there was few very few comics like i used to say if i can't quote them then they're they're great. Wait, I want to get to this part. I'm I'm fucking side. I could literally talk to you for hours. I don't Good, mind. No, we're going fine. Okay. So, uh, but um, I want to get to this because that is one of the most fascinating parts. And I've heard Rogan. I heard Rogan talk about you before I met you. 
Like, oh, I like on the thing. Yeah, because we used to, I love Rogan and waiting tables at the store. The thing is, is of course, you everybody becomes friends with the staff, you know? Yeah. And, and I was so close with Mitzi that it was like, I, I understood what she, it was the comedy store. It wasn't the waitress store. It wasn't anybody else's store. It's the comedy store. So it's all about the comics. Yeah. It's not about the bar. It's not about the manager. It's not about any of that shit. These are the most important people. So this is what you take care of. Yes, you have customers, do your thing, whatever. But the show is the most important thing. And so I I just always loved how she t- talked about comics and watched. And I'd sit with her during showcases and I'd be completely intrigued watching somebody destroy in the OR. And she'd scratch her name out. And I'd be like, what the fuck? What, what kind of logic is that? That guy just killed or a girl just killed and she too polished or she always had her little thing, her little whatever it was. So I like I was like, wow. These, and then I get to know the comics that she pick or whatever because they were there every night. I mean, one of my first friends was Dom Irrera in L.A., then Carlos Mencia because he was yeah. there every night. Um, Joe Rogan came in 94. Dice, one of my best friends. I've known him since I started at the store in 93 because he could go do the Greek theater or uh, I think he did um, what's the one I used to wrestle in the forum in Inglewood Uh, so he was working at the forum and after the show he'd be on those back steps at the comedy store really yeah he didn't go party or nothing give a shit about that he gave a shit about getting up doing stand up going to so all they cared about so they were around all night and so you just hang out and you start goofing with them and then it was almost like an improv class for me because in the kitchen of the comedy store they'd all come through and we'd just fuck around like joe rogan and i had a bit that we did for years where he'd ask me for a quarter or, do, or sometimes it would change it would either be a quarter or a stamp and he'd be like you have a stamp and i'd go in my apron and then i'd just start digging and then i just pretend like i was masturbating like <laughs> and I, i'd be like do you have the quarter you know and i uh-huh and it, it would just so it was like you were goofing all night you know yeah. and then uh, i remember schubert jimmy schubert carl he's a philly guy oh yeah northeast jimmy schubert carl and gary valentine we used to do this giant crazy improv through the kitchen and they would pick like the worst nights it would be packed yeah. i got a full tray of drinks and they're fucking around yeah you know like uh excuse me get out of the way and i'm like god damn it i gotta put the drinks down you know and jimmy's like yelling out i need a small hairless boy and a penis colada and like just <laughs> stupid shit yeah. you know cheese daiquiri i'm dropping eggs and i can't take it you know he's just <laughs> yeah. making fun of the girls like all of us and then carl Bow would come with this fucking evil look like ugh. You know, and just give everybody dirty look. Oh, he was so brilliant. And then Gary Valentine would take all the L.A. weeklies and run through the kitchen. How many? 24? Right this way. And he'd drop them all through the kitchen. I mean, it was just so dumb. And that's what we would do. Like, when people were like, why did it take so long for my drink? I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm in the middle of a sketch. I don't have time. Yeah. To give your fucking drink. We're doing something back there. So, wait, know? how did you So, so how did you get the job Thank the God we store? didn't have Yelp, huh? Oh, my God. <laughs> fucking Yelp. Well, the comedy store is such an interesting place. I'm curious to... To like your opinion of the of the metamorphosis, because like right now, there was a period where the comedy store for me was like it was just like dark with and I was like and I remember going there and wanting to be in there so badly, but being like there's something broken here yeah and I was like and I go I can't be a part of I can't 
I, I can't do that to myself and be a part of something broken or try to be a part of something broken because I don't think I'd respect it. Mm-hmm. Like I remember Tommy wanting me, me – Earl Skakel talks about it all the time. Tommy wanted me to park cars. And I no, had a t- he didn't. I had a TV show. I had a TV show when I was touring the country and I had two kids. And I was like, what? He wait what? He wanted me to park cars. When did he say I'm that? Like, he just like, I, I, I called Steve, um, Steve, uh, Burn, okay. Ahmed, uh, and I. Th- they I don't referred wanna, you, and I want to say Sebastian, but probably, maybe not. Maybe Ernst um, okay. referred me and yeah. said we talked oh, yeah, to him. I remember you had a, a show with Ernst or something. You were doing something with Ernst. I was, was on. T- I was. Ago. I was on tour for. Uh, I think I was on tour for Jameson. I was on I was on my own tour. I was doing the Young American Comedy Tour with Mike Young, and I was and I had my oh, own TV show. Okay, and they were and 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 I was and I was disconnected. I was very disconnected. And I remember Steve Byrne, I love to death. Yeah, pulled me aside and was like, "Hey man, you like I don't know if he said it this way, but this is how it came out to me was you need some friends. Like you you're you're a dad and you're working." I st- it's still my problem. And he's like, you need some friends. You need to come by the store. You need to hang out at the store. It is your, those are your friends. You don't have them yet. Yeah. But trust me when I say, that is where you'll thrive. Stop going to the improv and getting involved in whatever fucking industry drama was there. He's like, get out of it. Go to the store. That's where comics hang out. Yeah. I was like, yeah. We started playing softball. I started playing softball with all those guys. We'd play home run derby. It's my favorite and game then, in the world. Uh, mine too. And so... They uh, they gave me a referral, so I called Tommy and I I remember I remember where I was uh, outside Cabrea, um, oh, on La, on La, on the, La Brea. Okay, the I, we restaurant. Used live, yeah. We used to live right next to there, and that was our oh, place. Okay. My family was in town, and we were going out. I was I want to say I was about to have my second kid, maybe or maybe I, I forget. But anyway, I called up Tommy. I said, "Hey, uh, my name is Bert Kreischer. Um, I've I've uh, Steve and Ahmed." referred yeah. me and I'd like to I'd like to I'd like to start working that club. I tell him please tell me what I could do and he's like, Well first you wow. know Yeah, wow well, I what do color that impression. are you? What? And he's That's like weird. He's like, uh you, you I, this isn't how this works. You need to work your way up. <gasps> and I was like, honey he's like, you need to work the door or park cars. You need to and I was like, Oh I'm sorry. I go, Hey I I'm my I'm a I'm like a I'm a nationally headlining comic. Like I I, I headline and he was like, I don't. This is the comedy store, <gasps> and I was like, I was like, okay. And then he's like, you need to come. I'll I, maybe I'll see you for two minutes, or I'll see if Mitzi can see you for two minutes. I was like, okay. So he, was, he oh no, he was, he wanted me to do the he wanted me to do like potluck Sundays or something. Yeah, but, but that's where but, Mitzi would showcase. Yeah, yeah that's and so, normal. But and, and I was like, I was like, okay. And he's like, but you know, after that, it's going to take a while. And I was like, okay. I go, I, I'm not looking for a job. I said, maybe we're in. I want. I'm looking to do stand up. Yeah, and I, and I said I'm already past all the clubs. I, I just would like to do stand up there. So tell me, and he's like, it doesn't work that way. And I was like, okay, then I've 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 made the wrong phone call. And so I said, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. I'll talk to you later. And I hung up. And he called. He called me back, and he goes, Who am I talking to? And I went, you, you, I I said I've already passed. I appreciate the opportunity, but I've chosen not to work at that club. And he went, No, 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 no one says that. And I went, I was like. And he's like, you don't understand. And he started like defending the comedy store. And I went, no, dude, I totally understand. I'm just not going to be parking cars or working a door or or getting in line for a fucking open mic. No, that's absolutely absurd. I, I go, I don't need the stage time. 
in my head, I'm like, I wanted to be like, I'm looking for friends. You know, I'm looking <laughs> just for, looking for I'm friends. I'm looking for friends. Are you and, in charge of the friends? And so he said, you know, <laughs> that's he's like, awful. And I remember being like, yeah, Earl always brings it up to me. Earl always brings it up to me because he was like, it was so absurd that he's like, that he wanted you to park cars. He wanted me to work the door or work the I would the have phone punched lines. him in his face because, first of all, that's the thing with Tommy. He would speak out of turn a lot like that. Yeah. And, um, yeah, Mitzi found comfort in him because we hired him as a phone guy. And he would answer the phone and he'd sit up there all day with that goddamn guitar and smoking weed. And you know, the comics were like, good. He's just working our shift. I don't give a shit. They hate doing it. They're just doing it. Like you said, because they're brand new comics and they're coming up. That's why they work there. Not because, you know, they're already on the road touring in a national headlining tour and uh, they want stage time. That's crazy. So, he would be up there, and then Mitzi just started kind of getting sick a little bit, and she would call there a lot, and he was comforting her. So when Duncan took his leave of absence slash never came back, yeah. he was like, well, he was like, I'm going on vacation, and then he just never came back. Because it was hard to get out of there once you were stuck. Yeah. You know, with her, you feel bad. You're like, oh, I don't want to leave her. I don't want to. She needs, you know, she has a good way of manipulating. Yeah. And so uh, anyway, so. When Duncan left, they put one person in there for like a minute and then she just made Tommy. So it basically fell in his lap. So for him to talk to anyone like that, it was, it was, it was absurd to me. It was absurd. But and he it was... really like basically adapted who she was and how she would talk to people. Because I've, I've heard her say some of the most horrendous things to people yeah. that I've ever heard in my life. I mean, I don't, did you know Freddie Soto? Okay. No, 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 no. Oh. I, I apologize. I did not, but I feel like I do. Okay, that's I fine. I feel like I do. He's here. Yeah. Anyway, uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, he's, that's <laughs> my best friend. I tease him all the time. Uh, whatever. I say that all the time. He's right here. He's fine. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so Freddie and Mitzi were really close. And a lot of times Freddie would host the potluck, you know, if he was in town or whatever. And it was like right before he was on the break of being a national headliner and all that he shit. He was fantastic. He was so funny. But Mitzi loved him hosting. So she would let him host. And one night we were walking her to her car and this young kid came up and um, he, he was like, um, excuse me, Mitzi Shore, I uh, just showcased for you. And you could see him with his little bag of dreams on his back. You know, like I felt nervous for him. I was like, oh, no, don't. This isn't how this works. Don't talk to her. You don't try right? to catch a shark by, yes. by luring it in yes. with your hand. You put her on a hook. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Calm down. Yeah. And so he, he uh, you know, I just showcased for you. And I, I was just wondering if you had any advice for me. And we're standing in the hallway right outside the kitchen. And because we were just walking out to the park. Parking lot, and she, um, she, he was like, "Do you have any advice for me?" And she looked at him and went, "I don't encourage mediocre talent." Bye. And we were like, <sighs> like even Freddie, his little heart was Whoa. like, "Oh shit!" And we were like, ah, "Okay, bye." And we just walked <laughs> out to the car, oh but it was God. brutal. And like yeah. he would say things like that to people because he'd hear her say it, yeah. and I'm like. Okay, but she's on a different planet than you, technically. She's yeah. on a different tier. She put a lot more work in. And, you know, maybe it's a little cunty what she said, but that's how she feels. Like, she truly felt. I saw the kid showcase. He did not do well. That's why I was sweating more for him because yeah. I thought, dude, no. This is not, not the for, approach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And But uh, she walked so goddamn slow, I couldn't get her past him. To save his little heart yeah. as well. So 
but Tommy would take that on and say that to other people. And I'm like, you can't. He would say to like comics that had been at the store for a long time. That things like we're not working, uh, you know, you're just not what what's what works now. What? You can't say that to a comic that that's been around and done some great things. I understand yeah. if you think they're getting old or whatever. There's ways to weed people out, and that's fine. And it's awful. It sucks. It's going to happen to all of us. It's how it goes. Yeah. But you don't fucking say that. To, you don't kick somebody when they're down. Yeah. You know what I mean? And those guys were down. That he would, I saw him do it too. So I would argue with him. And then he would fight with me like, stop bringing the old comics back. Because <laughs> when I started doing stand-up, I'd run into like certain comics that I loved when I was a waitress there. And I'm like, how come you're not at the store? And they'd be like, oh, well, Tommy's not giving me spots. And then I tell Tommy. And I'm like, Tommy, that's not the guy you weed out. Like if you want to weed out this asshole, fine. This guy sucks. Get rid of him. He sucked when he was in his prime. Yeah. Fine. I don't care. But this guy, that's the wrong guy. Well, it's so interesting that you had such a, a, a discernible taste for good comedy. Yeah. They, they, I mean, which, which is so – like it but seems if you like, watch it, seems it like every everyone that night. works at the store gets it, but he did, he just it was like almost like he didn't get it. Yeah, he got it. He just his power. He he liked to fuck with people with his power. Yeah, because he technically did have the power, but he was really just a phone guy. And so when people are like, uh, you know, Tommy's gonna, pa-, I'm like Tommy. Who gives a fuck what Tommy says? Yeah, like you, you you're talking about him like he's a person. Oh, it's not even real. I've had such oh my god. The, yeah, uh, I've screamed at him. I've I've put him in his place a million fucking times. I'm real sensitive to where I do stand up because I don't yeah. want like I don't. It's a lot of t- sometimes it gets very vulnerable, and I and I tell Every secrets. T- yeah, and like and I and I and I I put myself out there and sign. Sometimes I don't do well, and yeah. th- that's part of like part of growing as a comic is going. This may not go great. Like yeah, I'm yeah. sticking with what I'm doing because I gotta like I. I can't like I could trust me when I say and I I mean I feel like this I I could go into the OR and do like and and do some very base stuff and try to destroy every time but I go that's really doing a disservice to what that club stands for absolutely that club stands for like literally artistry like I watched Tosh go up and go do mediocre yeah and I went that's because he's working that's the like that's I what it is that's Judd Apatow come up with notes. Yeah, and Rogan working out brand new bits, mm-hmm. and I go, "That's you. You don't, if if you're going to try to keep up with people, like yeah, definitely tell a joke to get a laugh first. Sure, sure, if you want to? Sure, you got to you you weave hole, it in and out. If you yeah. want, if you get in a hole and you need a little do a little crowd work, it's it's an art form. Yeah, but like, and so it, it's really fascinating to me that you know the entire the the, the place as a whole. Yeah, I like the belly room the best. Oh, the belly room's great. My, yeah. That's my favorite room. It's 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 really a great place. I filmed. I was trying to sell an hour. It's nurturing. And I did, I filmed up there, and it, it, you forget how hard it is with the uh, uh, mirrors yeah. filming wise. Oh yeah. And then, um, but the I love the closeness of it. Like that roast battle that Brian, they do. It's beautiful because it's up there. You yeah. know, because it's so close, it's so small and intimate. You know that it's it's perfect. When do you think I, it's do you think it's nurturing because that's where the women ha- were maybe were for, first forced to perform? Well, you hear horrible stories like Mitzi would be like, "They used to do abortions up there." I'm like, "What? That's my act. 
that's not nice. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> that's just my bit, man. You know, no, but she would say that, like, you know, they did abortions up there, so whatever. It was like all these old crazy stories yeah. that come with the store, which is awesome. But uh, she, um, they, she did. She put the women up there to get their confidence, and then it got so hot that the men were like, "Hey, fuck this. We want to go up there." Like, oh, all of a sudden. But then it became, you know, everybody's room and it just became such a great place to work out. And uh, I I just I love it because when I first started as a waitress there, I was there was a little bar in the back. You can't see it anymore. You used to be able to see the outline. So there was a bar. They used to have their own service bar up there. Yeah. So like the girls would do it. So it was even smaller. If you will. Really? Like, how weird is that? That's and crazy. I would ring my drinks in. There was a little computer up there, and I would ring my drinks in and then go. We stopped using that bar, like, probably a couple years before I started, but it was still there. And then she finally took it out and put more chairs. But for a long time, the I think they got new rugs now, but you could see the outline of it on the rug. And... I was up there one night, and I remember this was way back, like when I first started. They were doing a showcase for Brillstein Gray Entertainment, like not just Brillstein; it was still Brad and Bernie. Yeah. So Bernie Brillstein was at the comedy store, and you know he looks like Burl Ives, this big, yeah. beautiful man. Like I was obsessed with him, and I didn't know a goddamn thing about him because he was so nice, and him and Mitzi were so tight, and they did showcases all the time there. So he had this thing; it was like a new. Uh, game show it was called don't forget your toothbrush and he was showcasing comics or whomever to be the host so they had to come up and do these monologues and he had all these industry and he bought all the drink it was the best thing and i'd make bernie laugh and we goof and he'd make me laugh and he's like i want this girl to be on my sh-, you know with the- every time i yeah. come in here and i'm here i am real tight with what i think is burl lives <laughs> <laughs> and I don't, I don't even have nothing, no interest in stand-up comedy. And I'm with the mecca, <laughs> the leader of stand-up yeah. comedy, if you will. Probably one of the greatest people I've ever seen to, other than Mitzi Shore, to watch comedy because the true form of, the true love for the actual form of comedy, it, you know, how you, comics in general and the artistry of comedy. Yeah. He had it. And so he'd come every night and watch. And the belly room was his favorite place to do showcases. He wouldn't do them in the OR because it didn't feel, it didn't give that comfort, if you will, to the comic. Like it didn't make him feel safe. They they felt like they were on a bigger stage or they felt like they were on a, and I'd watch these guys. I can't remember any of them, but I never heard of them. They were their clients, you know. Yeah. So it could have been any. It could have been improv comics. Like, what are you doing in here? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so wait, sweet. So, uh, so I, I, this kind of that kind of leads me to like an interesting question. Number two parter, but number one, how what what was the turning moment for you to stop waiting tables and get on stage? But secondly, how hard is it when you've been behind the curtain? Yeah. And you've seen the best of the best, and and you're with, inarguably the Bernie Burlstein and oh and, yeah, and and Mitzi watching great comedy, and you're you're they are informing through how their eyes, yeah, yeah, looking at it through their eyes, and then you go, I want to try it, and in a weird way, you're like, fuck, like like one of the great parts about when I started stand up is I didn't know what it was, I really didn't know how ah, to do it, so see, I was that's like, amazing, so I was like, I was like, and still to this day, I told a bit 
to the day. That <laughs> I thought I you were going to say, still to this day, I don't know how to do it. <laughs> still to this day, I, I do. I tell, I'll do things. I go, this isn't like a joke. Like oh, I don't know what, real, I, I don't saying, know what like, this is. I don't know where the I don't know why you're laughing. Yeah. I don't know where the laugh comes in. There's no set up punch, but like this is just how I do it. And so, so like, what was the? Well, I'll tell you. I quit the comedy store in 2005. Like, <laughs> to be honest, there was so much going on at the store. Uh, I was going to move to New York. Polly Shore was filming, minding the store, which I was so wait, is this, extremely is this, against. Is but, this is this before or after the Rogamencia? After. So were you there from Rogamencia? Actually, it was right before. It was right before because I was not. I just quit okay. when that happened. Because had I been there, I'll tell you why. I know it was after. It, this is what happened. So I quit in. April, yeah, two thousand and five, and I believe that happens somewhere like August or September. Freddie Soto died July tenth, two thousand and five. Now Freddie was like my left foot; like he was just we were inseparable. That was yeah. my best friend. And uh, when I got engaged, that's why I left the store. I was going to move to New York just to get out of LA. I got crazy, but then I got engaged to Dice. Which is a whole other story. And uh, uh, I stayed in L.A. So we got engaged. And By we the way, were... you blew past I got engaged to Dice. I know. I don't think I ever knew. I'm sorry. But, I... but, um, but I'll allow it. Okay. But, okay. but God damn it. Like... Okay, so this is the even weirder part because we were together for like five years, right? Yeah. And uh, we broke up because I regained consciousness. Anyway, so <laughs> I always tell him that and he gets mad. But what happened? So we, we're together. We get engaged. Then Freddie, pa- we got engaged in April. And then Freddie passed away in July 10th. So I like lost my shit. And then 20 days later, I lost my grandma, who I'm super tight with, super yeah. tight with. And if, with my mom, a single mom of 10 kids. Obviously, I'm very tight with my grandma. You yeah. know, <laughs> somebody had to help. So now we, um, Freddie passes. I lose my shit. I hear about the Carlos thing. Right before Freddie died, um, he kept calling me. He was like, I'm fucking pissed. I was like, what's the matter? I don't know how to use a computer. I grew up in a typewriter store. He's like, I'm going to walk you through this. You got to look this up. So I go on the computer at Dice's. I figure it out. I look it up. I see the... Uh, fucking promo for mind of mencia is that what it's called yeah something like that so if there was five jokes on there four of them were freddie's top bits really and he was pissed he's like this motherfucker he's coming after me for jokes now i knew he stole freddie's jokes for years freddie would call me from the road in 94 or 93 but carlos was giving him money so freddie was like fuck he's not gonna let me do these bits tonight he told me he's doing them you gotta help me how do we write bits so i would fucking I give loved, him like i would have loved freddie soto yeah absolutely he's like he won't let me do these bits like i, he, I mean sweating freddie soto one of the greatest people in the world so we're like i give him like ronnie kenny bits because i'm like nobody remembers ronnie kenny i love ronnie kenny he's very funny so freddie's doing fart and elevator jokes because carlos is doing his whole fucking good shit yeah so and that's a real thing that really fucking happened there's no denying it and so it happened for years and then freddie got away from them so he thought he was away and on his own and doing great things and that carlos can't find him no more you know what i mean like he's not going to be able to rape him and um 
But he would never, if Freddie was here, he would never disrespect Carlos. That's just how he is. Really? I know. He, cause oh, there's someone who stole from me that I won't do that to. Because he paid him like, oh, to no, go on the why. road. <laughs> when they were going on the road, yeah. he was paying him. Freddie could barely afford anything. He was driving a postal truck Dude, that didn't go in reverse. I would have loved Freddie. So yeah. So he his loyalty is to the guy who was putting food on his fucking table. Yeah. He's a little fat brown Mexican. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. He needs his tacos. God love him. So that's what I'm saying. Like, part of me would love to lash out at Carlos, but I know Freddie would never want that. Right. So so, so now move to I, I I you know Freddie passes, my grandma passes. I'm going through a fucking hell. I'm getting all these calls that Joe Rogan lost his mind and flipped out on Carlos Mencia and my other dear friend Cynthia Levin who used to go out with Freddie for a long time was in the showroom when it happened and when they were like you stole from this person, that person, this person da, 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 and, and Cynthia was in the back and Freddie Soto. <laughs> like, Shut up. She was so angry. But they probably didn't even know yeah. that like she said is, that. She was is, just so angry. Can I tell you? I was sitting in the store, was it Tuesday? Mm-hmm. Was it, were we there Tuesday? Oh, yeah, yeah. I was in the store I Tuesday. that night. Uh, <laughs> it was we, great. We all had rough sets. We all had rough sets. <laughs> I was like, I wanted to, I wanted to call Adam I kept so saying, this bit go. isn't working. This yeah. bit isn't working. All right, all right. Let's shift gears, guys. Uh, all right. Uh, you know, you're just losing weight. Uh, it That's was, why you perform more at the store. You're going to beat Tom at this thing. That's You know, fuck, you lose yeah. a lot of weight. <laughs> I wanted to. Uh, no, I'm sitting in the back. I'm sitting in the back, and I'm watching, and I went, this is how little I know about the store. I went. Hey, wait, was the Rogan Mencia thing, did it happen in the OR? In the OR. I always thought it happened in the main room. No, the OR. I always thought it happened in the main room, and I was Mm-mm. like, this happened in the OR? There was fucking Fire. 120 people in there? This It is, was packed. That's fucking insane. Yeah. And then I went, oh, so he brought him up as Carlos Menstelia uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. in Everybody the OR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had to walk past each other. Shut the fuck up. It was so great. Yeah, yeah, that is, yeah. And that makes that so much better. It makes it so much more intense. And so so my, much more intense. Yeah, because for me, I know the OR. I know the store in and out. You know, So it was like, for me, I was like, oh, my God. Somebody finally fucking did it. And I swear to God. You knew was, what table Red Band was, was sitting at. Almost <laughs> like, yeah. It was almost like, yes, get him. Yes. Because in my heart. I was pissed, but it, I can't. Like people say, oh, it was Carlos's fault that Freddie killed himself. I'm like, first of all, Freddie didn't kill himself. Yeah, he didn't kill himself. Second of all, no, it wasn't Carlos's fault. Freddie was an alcoholic and uh, fell off the wagon for the third time, so he was beating his body down. Yeah. He had fatty liver. He had all kinds of shit. How old was he? For, Thirty-five. Thirty-five. Yes, very young. I'm forty-three. I know. I know. Freddie Soto was only forty. Thirty-five. Mm-hmm. He would be forty-six now. Freddie Soto is my age. Mm. A little bit older, but yeah. Oh my God, he was so much funnier than me. I thought he was like, <laughs> I thought he was like, I thought he was in his 40s when I was watching him. No, he, he just looked his- that way because he would fucking beat himself up. I mean, he wouldn't sleep. He had the dark circles. He was yeah. Please, with the shitting, the whole thing. Was what about so the many- shitting? I'm well, we used to weird. tease him about, dude, what's happening? How long? How long are you going to be in there? And he's oh, like, really? I'm just waiting for it. Like, oh, it would my just God. be a thing. Because also, I'm t- tight with his wife. You know, she was the talent coordinator for a while at the store, really? Princess Corey. And then uh, their daughter is now 14. She was three when Freddie passed. So, oh my God, this is not cool. Yeah, um, it's wait, not. It's so wait, not. Cool. This is going to sound silly. I've never asked this question. Like, and I feel like you're. I feel like you are enough of a third party in this scenario. But what was Carlos Mencia like? 
Uh, well, when I, like I said, when I first came to the store, he was great. He was the nice guy. But I will say, I remember immediately I was very new and I was cleaning up in the main room and I was cleaning up like the back section by the bathrooms. And this little guy, I'm not going to say his name, but he used to be like, he was an asshole too. So I didn't, whatever. He came in and he hurled a bottle across the back of that room and hit the wall like right as you're going out uh, if you're exiting the main yeah. room and he threw a bottle and it shattered and i was like what the fuck you know and i'm straight out of philly so i'm like do i have to shoot somebody what's happening <laughs> yeah. and uh you know i was panicked so i was like what the fuck is that and i realized that guy, i know him because he knows everybody and uh, uh, he threw it at carlos and then he started yelling and i was like carlos why would he do it to him everybody seems to like carlos because like i said i was new i didn't really understand what was happening yet and he started screaming at him you motherfucker you're doing so and so's bit and i can't even remember who he was yelling you fucking do that again i'll kill you myself you don't take his bit and i was like oh shit they're fighting over material and then later like when rogan came one time i'll never forget and this was way before the fight really uh we're in the kitchen and now it's all coming out now i'm Freddie was a door guy, so me and Freddie were tight, you know, yeah. when I was a waitress. So we were tight. We knew all, that's one all of the, the things, secrets. That's yeah. one of the things that I do regret uh, that, that you know, what Tommy wanted me to park cars. It would have been cool. Yeah, but you're not working with your peers. Me Rogan and Freddie were yeah, brand yeah. new. Yeah, me yeah, and yeah, Freddie yeah, were yeah. brand new at the store. So, yeah. I mean, but, Bob but Oshak. Going, I, didn't, I didn't mean to I didn't mean. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's where our door guys, Bob Oshak. Yeah. Then I went through a few, a little while with Ranazizi and Ari Shafir and all those guys. Yeah. You know, Rick Ingram. So, anyway. So, you know, you work. Me and Freddie were working side by side. So, then I started figuring it out. And then, like, I remember Carlos is in the kitchen. And he had, like, a copy book in his hand. And Rogan came in. And he goes, what do you? why do you have that and he's like oh it's a copy book he goes yeah why do you have that and he's like to write jokes and he's like yeah why do you have that <laughs> i'm just putting i'm garnishing my drinks like oh boy <laughs> yeah why do you have that oh no i can hear rogan just, saying like a little that. kid you know but i don't get it you don't write jokes why do you, you have don't that? write jokes tell me yeah. why you have that and I, and carlos just walked out but he never like he never confronted him so uh, joe has never been quiet about this it just happened to get caught on tape one night joe's nobody opinion, has opinion, ever been quiet about it joe's opinion is 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 one directional yeah, in that yeah, it is yeah. it is joe's opinion and, and that's he, it and and he will tell you what he thinks and sometimes it may hurt and sometimes Too it may not sometimes bad. it'll make you feel good yeah. but, but it's fucking real i'm sorry i've it's heard him do honest. i've heard him do it on the podcast say stuff about guys he's like that guy's fucked up and you're like and you're like, what? You're like, in my head, I'm like, I would have heard. And Joe's like, no, that's how I feel. Yeah, I'm learning that. My my, my co-host Rick Ingram, he's yeah. great at that. He's so honest, and I'm that's not it. Good at that. Yeah, I talk I'm afraid. Both sides on my face. Well, I don't talk. I'm just. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I will. I I will. I have opinions. I here's what happened to me. And not. I don't. I don't want to talk about me. I, I'm I'm bad at that. I'm bad at. I'm much getting much better at it. Okay, good. But I'm. But I'm. Well, I, I think, think you're a people pleaser. Like I'm like Freddy. that. I was like, okay, Freddy. yeah. Like, I'd, loyal. Ca I'd call you and say, I'm getting fucked here. And and then just do and then be like, keep fuck, I don't know fucked. what to do. I'm just going to keep getting fucked. Mm -hmm. I'm going to keep getting fucked to this day. Uh, to this day, I, I'm, I have issues with that where I'm, I, I just, I have a problem with confrontation and I'm like, fuck. And so I, I'm a, when you told me that Freddie said that, I went, wow. Not yeah. only do I identify with that specifically in my life, but mm -hmm. I'm I would have I behaved the same way Freddie did. I was like, fuck, I'm fucked. 
Like, what do I do? And then you're like, whoa. And then he just drank a lot. And I was like, well, fuck. That sounds like a. Yeah. Sounds like me and him have a lot of the same cures. <laughs> well, I mean, he took a little more like pills and shit yeah. too. So you got to be careful. Don't fuck that. I don't take pills. <laughs> yeah. They don't mix is yeah. what I'm saying. But anyway, so like I, after all that happened, I remember the Rogan thing. I was thrilled. Carlos, fuck him. Uh, because, uh, yeah, whatever. But, but that's my own the, personal why the tour, vendetta. Why did, the, why did the store turn on Rogan in that? Well, that that's the thing. Um, that's where it got lost because Rogan did the right thing. He called Mitzi the next day. He said, this happened on your stage. I'm sorry, because, but this is how I feel and this is what it is. And he was honest about it. Mitzi said, don't worry about it. Now, Mitzi, I know Mitzi very well. If, if that happened on her watch, those two would have followed each other for the next couple of months. So really? they worked it out because she didn't give a fuck. Really? Yeah. I mean, unless you were terrible, really horrible person, whatever, she would, you know, keep you. If a guy and a, a girl comic were dating and they broke up and they were fighting, too bad. Follow each other. And yeah. they eventually one of them would leave. Yeah. So she was very much like that. But then it got – but at that point, the uh, – um, it was being shifted. The boys were taken over. Peter and Polly were taken over, kind of. Tommy had his hand in way m- too much shit. And at the time, Carlos had a show. Joe did not. And Tommy and I believe Polly and them decided without Mitzi that we're going to keep Carlos. We'll just tell Joe to take a break for a little while. And then Joe didn't come back. And the reason, and like that, that's that's where I say they speak out of turn because she would never do that. Yeah. She especially too, she liked like that. And now, uh, unfortunately, Carlos does take material. I've seen it firsthand. I've heard Freddie crying on the phone hours at a yeah. clip. You know, uh, this he does do that. That is a thing. He has a problem. He's admitted it, right? Mitzi loved Carlos. She's the one that made him change his name to Carlos. His name is Ned. Yeah. When I met him, he was already Carlos. He was already coming up. So she met him. She just thought he was great. She loved his energy. Yeah. And then when it started getting heated and he was fighting with Eddie Griffin and Paul Mooney and whomever else was coming in that he was taking their shit. Yeah. It just, you know, she would make them work it out themselves, which is kind of not great on her part. Like he was stealing material and she should have, but she had a, thing for him like she felt for him she felt like he was this poor little she called him a mexican kid but he was honduran and german whatever uh it's just it's kind of racist myths but cool but it was her visual it was what she yeah. saw it was how she saw him on stage and his little thing you know so he, she was obsessed with him he that was her baby carlos yeah so she would never have kicked carlos out and she would have never kicked joe out because she thought joe was absolutely terrific yeah so she would have never done that and they i think the way they handled it they fucked it up tommy fucked it up tommy went with who has the more credits and that's not good but anyway to get over that and back to a year and a half later after freddie started uh, uh, freddie started freddie passed i started stand up and so wait, before okay. After. Once again, you glaze over like so. Before you and Dice break up. Oh or? yeah, I gla- no. Di- okay, so Dice and I get engaged in April. I fuck that relationship up real bad, and by New Year's we call off the engagement. <laughs> but that's because I'm going through turmoil. I can't you figure said, it out. You, how many how many times have you been engaged? 
tw- only twice. Okay, but I, I heard you one I, time I, say, I just can't close them. Yeah, I'm not a closer. I'm, I'm not, not a closer. closer. Andrew gets mad when I say that, like, uh, oh, my first ex-fiance. That's why I started saying it. Because he's like, I don't care. I'm not a, I don't care. Yeah. I'm not jealous. <laughs> so anyway, whatever. So we, uh, a year and a half, almost two years later, I started doing stand-up. It was 2007 in February. So it's like a year and a half after that. Yeah. Uh, and he, um, I was do, I was doing a one woman show is what I thought. Like, I'm going to tell my story. I'm going to tell stories about my family. Cause people are like, you always talk about your family, tell these stories, blah, blah, blah. You should do stand up. And I'm like, well, I'll do a one woman show. So I called Mitzi. I told her what I wanted to do, do the belly room. It'll be great. So it's okay. So I went somewhere else first came to back and then because i kept saying one woman show she was on my side and then uh dice came to see it and he's like you're doing stand-up stupid that's you're not that's not f-. and we were already broken up he was seeing somebody else like but you guys are still friends yeah because that's just how i am and he has two kids that i absolutely adore and yeah. he had full custody so i am very close with them yeah. so it's kind of like a marriage ish like whatever yeah it's, so yeah, I'm still, I'll be with them right after this. So, <laughs> so I love the kids. They have an amazing band called Still Rebel and they will be at OzFest this year. They're fucking awesome. You would love them. I've heard, uh, I've still rebel. I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge fan oh. of dice. And oh. so I've heard the kids, I've heard the kids on, uh, on, uh, the, on, I think on the reality show or maybe the TV show or, or like. Or, yeah, they or were on Dice on this the podcast year. or something. I've I've heard them yeah. on podcasts before. They were on Rogan's Max. too. Yeah, Max is an amazing drummer, drummer. Yeah. like a fucking yeah. Like I'm like trust me when I say like it's it's Obsessed. all of this is really weird for me in that and I had a comment. Some guy wrote me an email today and he's like, "Dude, I saw you commented on a video on YouTube." I went, "Yeah," and he goes, "That's fucking crazy, man." Why? Like I don't know. I was like. I was like, I was like, he was like, that's, you're like a real fan of comedy. And I was like, yeah, I'm fucking like, I legit am a fan of comedy. I'm a, I'm a fan of Dice's. I'll always be a fan of Dice's. I'll always be a fan of Rogan's. I'll always be a fan of Joey's. I'll be a fan. I'm fascinated by the, by the. I'm a fan of podcasts. I listen to fucking podcasts. Yeah, when you said you listen to Rogan, I was like, wow, that's awesome. I mean, I'll listen to a few here and there. I listen to all of them. Yeah. I mean, I, I, like, I'll, it's, you know, and, I mean, the but first again, time, I picked first things time I up, so in, I got to be careful. I'm a, no, no, I'm no. A, I don't listen. I stopped. I had to stop I'm listening that, to Bill yeah. Burr's. Yeah, because, especially Burr, because I really identify with Burr in that yeah. we're just these angry little Irish kids that just feel like hitting something. Yeah. So a lot of the times he'll say things and I, I'm like, uh, like he retweeted something this morning and I almost had a heart attack that my name was in it. Even I, though I, I know Bill, I just, I still get, I'm a, still a fan. Do you know what I, I mean? Like, I, I'm a fan of Bill. Bill and I went and had drinks uh, the other, a little while ago, uh-huh. the other night, I guess, but I don't know, maybe a month, two months um, ago at uh, the Rainbow Room. And uh, I love that. Place. And uh, I, I was like, I was just sitting there and I was like, uh, and we're talking and in my head and Bill, and Bill said something really sweet. He goes, I can't believe, I can't believe I'm having drinks with the machine. And I was like. <laughs> In my head, I'm like, he's so sweet. I was like, Bill, like, for, for I've known Bill for a very long time. But then he started like talking about something that was getting him upset, and I'm starting going like, this any fan would be losing their shit because you can almost hear him working out the bit, yeah. and then he takes yeah. him on stage and destroys with it. And I was like, I was there when he came up with that. Uh, like I was there, sitting there, just listening. But like, yeah. So 
I'm a fan. So when you talk about it's hard, Dice's yeah. kids, I know who they are. They know, I have no idea who I am, but I definitely yeah. know who they are because I've listened to them on They're Rogan's podcast. So amazing, and I, I couldn't be prouder. And then the last two weekends we were in Vegas working, and the kids were opening. So yeah. we had the kids, and then we will have to follow music. You know how That's fucking tough. hard that is? But it was – actually, I didn't. We put wheels in front. I don't know if you know who that is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we threw him in in the front. He did five minutes, and then I did – and then Dice. So it was a really long show. So, but wait, so 2007, you do the one-woman show. Dice tells you you're doing so you do, stand-up. Yeah, so he's like, you're doing stand-up stupid. And at the time, we had that VH1 show, uh, Indestructible or – no, not Indestructible. It was the reality show. Yes. I saw that. And I can't think of – right. I was his fiance. I remember, I'm, that was me. Uh, that was so funny. Yeah. I, yeah. And they, you saw how young the kids were. I mean, yeah. those were like, I love those kids. And so anyway, uh, now we had that. So he's like, come on the road with me. We'll promote the show. So I go from the belly room where there's six people to the Wells Fargo Center. That's that's almost like that too doesn't make fast. sense. Like it's so hard for you well, because uh, you're... and then at the Wells Fargo Center, I killed. I was so happy, proud of myself. Like what? Because yeah. Dice kept saying they're going to know you from the show, and I was so proud of myself. Like I was brilliant. I was this brilliant new comic. Yeah, guys, I know what I'm doing. It's and so then we hard. Flew, it's, it we flew to New York, and I opened for him at the Westbury Music Fair, and they booed me so hard. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't brilliant no more. <laughs> it's it's well, it, it's so weird because they humbled is, me real quick. It's it's like uh, it's like your your path has to be your path. It has to yeah. be your path. You don't yeah. get to, you don't get to choose it. It's your path. But knowing from my experience how hard it is. Yeah, I'm like this to, is too easy. No, yeah. no. And then I got humbled real quick. And then and then to go back <laughs> into clubs and go and like oh. I remember the first time I, I, I had been touring with a guy um, and he was. Uh, it was sold out sh- shows, so I had to, my pacing for the whole time we worked together was like say the sentence, laugh here, <laughs> say the sentence, laugh here, and then and then I remember going and he- when I started headlining, I'd say the sentence, and I was like silence. Whoa, say another sentence really quickly. Okay, panic. Let's order a drink. Oh, like boy. and I and it, and I had to learn, and even still, and that's what I love about. The comedy store is that even if even if you get like Rogan fans there who know who I am, they're still comedy fans first, and they're like, no, 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 it's got to be funny to get a laugh. Absolutely. Like at the in the OR, you can take I can take a bit that works on the road. Like I did that bit this weekend, this the other day about um, which is brand new about making my daughters cry, and it killed on the road. It killed on the road because I had just talked about it on a podcast with Fitzsimmons. So, so it was, everyone it was, was like, fresh, yeah. oh, he's telling that story he just told Greg. Oh, yeah, how yeah, fucking yeah, cool yeah. is this? And then I'm like, and then I take it in the OR and it's like crickets. And they're like, you make your t- kids cry? What are you, a jerk off? Yeah, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> I fucking am so angry right now because. What? Because I have to fucking go to this meeting and I could, I literally. Could, no worries. We I could feel like I feel like I'm not even scratch the surface. You're of this not, conversation. but I will tell you this: if you ever have, uh, I know, does Ari do your podcast? Yeah. Okay. So the next time you have Ari on, have him tell you uh, one of the best Freddie Soto stories, or one of I, let me. I shouldn't say the best Freddie Soto story, but it's like our favorite. Uh, maybe not Ari's, but it's certainly every other employee at the comedy store. Really? Because Ari was, uh, I could follow anybody here. I could, you know how you get cocky and confident. He's like, okay. And it's the OR and they make a bet, you know, and Freddie goes up first and fucking destroys six people. (laughs) 
six people screaming, laughing. He got them. And then he goes, Ari, you're next. <laughs> and just ate shit. Really? Hard as shit. Like Steve Brown is easy. He'll tell the story and you'll have tears coming down. Because we all sat in the pack. Really? And just watched this piece of shit, Ari. Oh. <laughs> because Ari was cocky, which I love. Yeah. His confidence is amazing. But we love to fuck with him. You oh, know? fuck, yeah. And so he was like, I can follow anybody. I don't. Yeah. I, I see that. I, I, I can see him say that. Ari does, Ari does a, a weird thing where he's like... But he's, Steve breaks down the bits that Freddie did, and then he does Ari's bits, like how he... Like, they remember it so oh, vividly, because I, I was waiting tables. So, I, you know what I mean? I was going in and maybe out. Maybe I'll call Ari, and I'll end this <laughs> with that, because I, yes. just, I just got a thing to do prank calls with the girls yes. for my podcast. So, maybe I'll give him a call and have him do that. Yeah. I'm going to post this today. Oh, killer. I'm posting this today. Oh, that's today. great. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to... Uh, I've been wanting to talk to you for so fucking long. No, I'm so excited. I mean, your this name is, was like awesome. the first name I heard. Like when you, I was, a, I told you I was a big fan of Rogan's podcast, and I'd hear him talk about you. That's yeah, hysterical. Yeah, she's doing stand up. It's I'm so great. She's the funniest person that ever. She, it's a person that should have been doing stand up. And I was like, yeah. And in a weird way, I was like, I knew little things about you, but I just knew, I just knew you as a silo, as like the one. Like oh. I didn't know anything. I didn't I, when. You say you were engaged to Dice. I was like, yeah, yeah. I knew your friends with Dice, and I knew you toured with him some, but I didn't realize. Oh yeah. shit! I watched that show. I totally, I totally fucking knew who you were before you, I knew who you were. Right, right, like, right. And it's so, it, it's just so. Uh, it's. I mean, I. I it's wish- like I can't think of the name of the stupid VH1 show. Undisputed and indestructible was the special. Undisputed, maybe Dice. Undisputed. I don't know. I can't I don't remember know. the name of it. I, I want to do another one of these. Yeah, let's do like, it. Yeah. Let's let's set up a time and do another one of these. Cause I do feel a like, part two or yeah, because I mean, this is. I, I said to you, I was like, I got a meeting at. I, I was like, I have a meeting at one and a phone call at nine thirty. Let's do eleven and and it literally was this morning. I was like, I should have done fucking ten, like. 10 right after my 930 oh, call. I would not have made 10. Yeah, you were like, first you were like, of all, you were I like was... how morning is morning? I was like, I was like, I'm up at six. Dude, I went on at the store last night at 1245. So yeah, that's the hardest part is juggling yeah, being so a grown like, up and a comic. Mm-hmm. Like, cause I talked to Fitzsimmons about it. He's I like, still get the late night spots. So yeah. I'm trying to, you know, move down it's, well, to even, the good hours. These but, days, these days, any, you know, I mean. But if you look at those lineups. At there's the so store, much I want to fucking talk to you about. I'm just so excited to be part of it. <laughs> me too. Mm-hmm. I'm. Yeah. Hey, I don't listen. care if I go on last. L- I'm me, making it the fucking best of the last. I don't care. I fucking am so happy to be a part of that room. Yeah. Part of that club because it is like last night I was coming home from my meeting and I was like, Ooh, I think I might stop by the comedy store, have a drink. And I was like, that does not end well. Like, especially I go, <laughs> no, it doesn't. It do doesn't. not just start going there to drink because that like, and I was like, or if you do, don't like, let's, let's slow roll this. And I was like, you know, go, let's do some Got spots it. first yes. because, because it's so much fun. It is fun. And it does. And then you, all of a sudden you're like, fuck, it's three. I think I got home at three last night. Yeah. Because there was these Iceland chicks, and it just got weird. Oh. But we had a good time. Um, there's so much more. Iceland, let's, let's... Croatia. That was what was in the audience last time. Croatia. Who the fuck comes here from Croatia? I wish, you know who I wish worked at the store was still alive is Patrice. Uh, I only saw him once at the store. i got to mm. be honest. I don't, he may have done more than that. He was. But I only saw him once. But I know his work, of course. He was. He was. He was the same. The, the seller and the store are both yeah. places like... like like I, I passed to the cellar 
when Manny was alive uh, with Marin. Marin was at the table. Marin, I was going in to do Marin's show. Uh, never mind for the buzzcock. Never mind the buzzcocks. Okay. And Barry Katz got me a set at the cellar. I went up. I had a really great set. I got off, and Manny was like, "I was. I. I always tell the story. So, I always tell the story the same way because it's so funny because it's so me. But yeah. I go. Manny came up and he was like, Bert, I like you. You could work here. And I remember told him that one time to Pete Coriel. He goes, Manny didn't have an accent. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, why did you give him an accent? I have no fucking idea. That's my recollection of it. Like, why would Manny have a fucking accent? But it's like, even when I do Tom, I did Tommy's voice. I do Barry Katz's voice. That's it's great. like, not what he sounds like, but I know he sounded like something. But Manny just said, you know, hey, or, you know, you're very funny. Call SD if you want to do spots. And yeah. I went, I literally said to him, if I didn't have a TV show right now, I'd move back to New York. This is my goal. My goal was to be passed at the cellar. So I got yeah. passed, but I lived in LA. I was like, Manny, this is the greatest thing. This is my wife, Leanne. Oh, I want to meet her. Um, she's not having a good day. Uh, oh. You can see it in her eyes. Do you want me to help her? Mercury's in retrograde. Hi, how are you? Mercury's in retrograde. Hardcore, Stop what's going that. on? Hi, we're just wrapping up. How are you? We were just talking all kinds of crazy stuff about you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> What's going on? Is everything okay? Yeah, I'm just kind of writing stuff. Okay. All Do you right, need help? Cool. I can help you. Oh. Okay. We're doing laundry at a laundromat. It's pretty aggressive. Where? Which one? No, I'm kidding. No, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. it's sketchy. Well, I'm obsessed with laundromats. There you go. I like I like laundry mats. Right. I got to roll. I got to go okay. to this meeting. Eleanor, okay. we're going to schedule this to do another yes. one. Yes. I'm releasing this today. Do you have anything to promote your podcast? Uh, my Comedy Star podcast, yeah, with uh, Rick Ingram, who does yes. a terrific Tommy and a terrific Argus Hamilton impression. Yeah. <laughs> we do it a lot. Uh, yeah, the Comedy Star podcast. And I'll be in Long Beach at the Gas Lamp with Dice on oh, the 1st. Nice. And then Governors the week after that with Dice. So. Well, I appreciate you doing this. Thank you this for is, having me. This I, is and awesome. And we're going to schedule yes. another one because this I'm not I haven't even scrapped it. Right now there are people pissed and I will get negative comments on Twitter going, "Dude, an hour 20? Are you shitting me?" Like, uh, well, we'll do a this, part 2. It'll yeah, be Yeah, we'll killer. do a part 2. Yeah. Um, thank Good. you. For doing this. Thank, I love thank you. Thank you. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.